0: I've already said one thing that you've probably never heard a pastor ask for in church. I'm going to ask for a second. I'd like to ask our men that are here today if you have a wallet in your pocket, if you would take it out. Set it in front of yours. Maybe on your lap or on the edge of the pew. I don't want you to Uh, forget to take it home with you today. I'm not going to handle it. But if you have a wallet, would you do that? Ladies, you got a purse, or you got a change thing, or you got a billion dollar pocket or something, pull it out, and just kind of put it somewhere in front of you. Somewhere, somehow, if you can. There you go. Thank you, Velma. Don't forget to take it with you. We've been focusing on parables. Before we leave parables, I must speak about the topic that seemingly Jesus spoke about more than any other topic that he taught about. Now... I'm not saying that you you statistically put that to the test. I'm not sure. It might be close. But I want you to know today that Jesus talked about our possessions as much as he talked about anything, any other topic that he taught about. And I know that it was important what Jesus said about possessions and about how we look at what we have in this life we're going to turn this morning to a parable that Jesus told, talked about money. About possessions. But really deeper than that about everything that we have. And who it really belongs to. In the eyes of God. Jesus was so wise. And he knew the heart of man. And he knew the struggles that mankind has. And one of those areas in which he spoke with great insight many, many times is that whole area of what we have in this life and what we do about them. Jesus focused often. And depending how you count them, One list says Jesus spoke about our money and our finances 16 times in his parables. I know I've talked about how many parables or symbols Jesus used, and there are probably at least about 70 that you could easily pull out, depending how you classify things. But but Jesus spoke about money 16 times in his parables. And many other times in his general teaching did he speak about something related to finances and how we view them. For example, he used several illustrations where he used an illustration from finances to explain something spiritual. It's not just that Jesus saw that area and thought it was important. Actually, it's important all throughout the Bible, from the beginning to the end for God's people. I know that this parable is really designed for God's people. Although its application is certainly for those that aren't God's people, but who are eaten up with something, that sometimes money and how we view our possessions can control us. I've read that over 2,300 verses in the Bible specifically are about how we view and how we understand the finances that we have. And so I know it's an important topic. It's an important topic for Jesus. It's an important topic for the whole Bible. You think about all the things that are addressed in the Scriptures about our money, stewardship. There's just counsel about all kinds of topics related to our money. Our parable today is from Luke chapter 12. It's called by some the parable of the rich fool. And we're going to read it. We're going to read it together. It's from Luke chapter 12 beginning at verse 13. And and I just call you to listen to the words of the Master as He tells this story about money. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brothers to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And then I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. The context of this parable was prompted by a question. There was a man that had been probably following Jesus and listening to all his teaching. And I'm speculating, but I'm guessing he had heard Jesus talk about many topics and many things. And, and uh, maybe he had even heard Jesus talk about one of those stories or something that he said that, that, that I referred to earlier. But in this case, this man had something else going on inside of him. He had a problem, he had a conflict. He had a struggle with his brother. And finally, seeing the wisdom of Jesus, this man breaks through the crowd and comes to Jesus and interrupts him and asks him to help him. Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. This part of the story is real and true. What Jesus says then is a parable and a story. But this part of the story is true. And we do find ourselves in lives dealing in relationships about finances, sometimes with family members that are very difficult and very painful. Sometimes we deal with people in our family or outside of our family or in a business deal or on a job where someone has been dishonest. And Jesus seems to know that when he gives the answer to this man. The truth is, many of us at times in our lives, struggle with relationships with others and how our finances are impacted by that. And so I think of it like this, Jesus gives us something here in this parable to help all of us when we face times that are difficult, especially relationally with other people about our finances. There are several things about this parable that that I believe Jesus is speaking to, but that is one of them, someone in the crowd said to him, I imagine that Jesus had so many types of these conversations. In the middle of his teaching, somebody says, Jesus, tell me, explain this to me, help me. From what we can see, every time Jesus was asked to help someone, he did. There's just not an occasion." In the four Gospels where someone didn't come and ask Jesus a question that Jesus didn't respond to. Sometimes I'm sure he gave them an answer that they had no idea Jesus would talk like that. Sometimes they must have been surprised at what Jesus said and even amazed at his insight. Sometimes it probably made them upset because it isn't what they wanted Jesus to say to them. But in this case... This question prompted Jesus to reply in this way. Verse 14, Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? As so if Jesus said to this man, why do you think I should tell your brother to do that? Why are you asking me to do that? As if maybe there's something else that this brother should have been doing. Maybe it wasn't as one-sided as the question might imply. In fact, we really don't know whether in the real story the fault was on the brother asking the question or the fault was on the brother who he expected to give him part of the inheritance. We don't know that, but Jesus responds in a way about the deeper underlying issues that this man apparently had. And Jesus knows that we can have sometimes in life and so then he says to him in verse 15, be on guard, watch out. I'm sorry, I said that backwards. Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. It starts with this for Jesus the, bi- the bottom line problem that Jesus understood was the problem of greed. And when I talked about 2,300 verses in the Bible about finances, many of them are about two areas: coveting and greed. And how important it is that our heart is on guard against how we see the things of life and that we see them through the eyes of Jesus. Jesus said, Be on guard against all kinds of greed. That there are all kinds of subtleties in life that, that may sneak in there and come into our lives and our perspectives and our relationships that can draw us off course of what God wants for us. And then he said, life does not consist in an abundance of possessions, a truth statement that is so real that, that most, if not all of us, come to understand at some time in our lives that it's really not our possessions that bring us the meaning of life. It's having a foundation and a relationship with God where we sense and see His Spirit and His presence and His faithfulness in our lives and we trust His promises. Here are two great statements. Be on your guard. Be careful about this. Jesus was saying to this man, he responded to, okay, you telling me to tell your brother to give you the hears, but I'm saying to you, watch your own heart. And that's such a, a good thing for all of us when we face any kind of conflict with somebody else. Maybe there is an issue that that person has, but, but always the counsel that Jesus would give us, but watch your own heart. Watch what you're thinking and you're feeling and what's so important to you and, and how you make all your decisions of right and wrong. Watch your own heart. There are so many statements in the Bible that reinforce these truths that Jesus is speaking. One of them is in... In fact, this verse reminds me of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, written by Paul. And, and listen to these words of counsel. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. The love of money. The Bible in those 2,300 verses never says that money's wrong or possessions are wrong or working hard and accumulating possessions wrong. Never. Never anywhere is that wrong. But there are a lot of principles about accumulation of wealth that are important to hear and to remember and one of them is the attachment and what Timothy says is the love of money. That the love of money can be stronger than the love for God or the love for others and it can become something that that creates our personality and it drives our relationships and it drives our time and it drives our priorities and And we can become attached to the wrong things in life. And we can live our lives attached to the wrong things. And then we we get to a point in our lives, late in life, where we look back and we realize how fruitless and how painful and how empty the love of money can be. So Jesus says, and Paul says, and many other scriptures remind us of, of, of how we're to be careful, how we look at the possessions that God gives us. It is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. I imagine Paul saying that there's some, there's some believers out there that have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ for their sins, but they've allowed that little deception about their finances, about their possessions, about their security to to kind of weave into their faith and it's kind of separated a little bit from God's truth and the plan God has for them and how God wants them to use their money and and they've become something different they've wandered from the faith and others have even gone even further and and they've gone past those road signs of warnings that the scriptures give and it it is so bad that they have pierced themselves and they're hurting they're broken they're bleeding and And there are so many examples from life today of people who have held on to their finances as the most important thing in their lives, and they've lost out on things that are even better. The love of money wandered away. They have uh, uh, pierced themselves through. There are many perils of greed. Jesus said, watch out for greed throughout the law, the Old Testament, there are warnings about watching out about greed. The prophets talked about the, those that in Israel who had begun a life of and, greed and they have, uh, they have abused other people because of that. What are the perils of greed? There are many of them. The first one I want to mention is often greed is something that grows on people that go past those warning signs. They are not careful about what belongs to God and what belongs to them. And sometimes people become greedy at a gradual rate until they get to the point where they don't even realize it because greed is something that often is imperceptible inside your own nature and your own spirit and you don't know it and you don't see it. I'm thinking of an example of a man that I've had quite a few conversations with. I don't think he sees it. I don't think he sees it. That everything he talks about is about earning money. Everything he does is because he wants to get to the next point, the next level, and, and he just doesn't realize it. And I've kind of asked him some questions and talked about what's important, and he just goes right on by it. Don't, I don't really think it's intentional. I, I don't think in this case this man really understands it. And I'm afraid greed can be like that. What we have, we see, we want, we, we want a little bit more. Uh, I remember the testimony of Howard Hughes. Somebody asked him, TWA, and at the time he was something like the fourth richest man in America. And they said, well, you're worth this much money. I don't, I don't remember how much it was. This is a long time ago I, I heard this. And uh, well, how much money do you need? And and his response was, oh, just a little bit more. It's greed and, and uh, that desire and that covetous feeling, is, is, uh, it's like a deception that we don't see sometimes. So it's really good for all of us, on occasion, to step back and hear the words of Jesus and say, is everything in my heart right with you, God? Jesus was saying to this man, watch out. Be careful. Greed also gets a, a focus on this life and not a life on what counts for eternity. When we have a greedy spirit and uh, a closed spirit, we we forget about that life is short. And uh, what we think is so important today, we may miss out on the really important things uh, of people's souls, our families our own souls, our loved ones who need something from us more than they need our assets, our children, our grandchildren. What they really need from us is not more of this. It comes deeper on the inside. One of the perils of greed also is that it causes us to put our trust in ourselves instead of God. Causes us to uh, believe that we can accomplish or we have failed to accomplish. Remembering what Jesus prayed in the prayer that he taught his disciples to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. There's something about that that, boy, it's just the opposite of greed. It's saying, God, help me today to have what I need. Help me to pray for you and trust you for that and and call out to you for that. and, And Jesus, help me to do that. And so Jesus gives the parable. Jesus tells the story. The parable of the rich fool. What does he say specifically in this parable? The first thing I think about is God gives us our wealth. I read in this story that the ground of a certain man yielded an abundant harvest. You know, God made that harvest grow. And the truth is, everything we have is from God. There's not a possession we have, life we don't have, other than from God's Spirit. That God allows it. God allows you to make your living. God allows you to be able to work. God allows you to be able to accumulate and... And I'm telling you, without God, it wouldn't happen. Without the gifts that God gives you in your life, your physical life and air to breathe and, and uh, amazing bodies that uh, can live a number of years, uh, it's amazing what God gives us. And everything you have is from God. And to have that thankful spirit that you know that and you hold on to that and you remember that and you even rehearse that in your spirit and your life and your marriage and your family is so important that you remember and you hold on to the truth that God gives us everything we have everything we have is on loan from God and it can be gone just like that everything we have can be gone in an instant everything we have is a gift of God and he he loans it to us for a while and he says Okay, I'm, I'm giving you this for now. What are you going to do with it? That's, the, uh, that's the, the meaning of what Jesus says about, what are you going to do with what God gives you? Are you going to give Him the praise and the glory and the honor and the thanksgiving? Or are you going to have a self-reliant spirit because someday it will be gone? The focus in this story and this man was, was on himself. I, 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 what shall I do? I have no place. This is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns. I will store my surplus gain. I'll say to myself, everything in this narrative of this story is about me. I will do this. But it was the wrong focus. It was the wrong focus this man, the focus was on his life, his future, his security, his pleasures, his abilities and you know you you can 't take a parable and and just kind of cover everything in life topic so i, I don 't want to go further than I should about applying this. that would be another another sermon to think about and pick apart but the I think the what Jesus is conveying here is this man uh, has the wrong focus. I mean, there's nothing wrong with building a bigger barn. You need one, you know. You know what I'm saying. But this man had a problem. This man in the story had a problem, but the problem with his problem is he really didn't know what his problem was. You know what I mean? He had a problem, but he misunderstood his problem. He didn't realize the problem was really inside his heart and his spirit. And so he was after the wrong thing. He was after a bigger barn uh, because he had the wrong heart and wrong attitude and wrong spirit on the inside. But Jesus knew that really his problem was a problem of, of greed. And this does seem so true of people in life. People that are caught in greed often... Don't see it. It's almost like an unseen sin because it's deep down in the heart. And so, this parable and this message today isn't that we're all greedy, but it's that we all need to be careful and consider the wisdom of Jesus about how we look at the things that we have. That we understand that we are given life and it's loaned to us and we're stewards of that life. God, Help us to live out our things like you want us to. Help us to have the right level of wisdom about making all you can, um, saving all you can, giving all you can. Understanding the principles of the ant who works hard and carries the load all day long into the nest and those principles, but also the principles of generosity and seeing what we have extra. And people that have needs. A lot of scriptures challenge us about what we should accumulate and how much and how do we make those decisions. And those are big for us. All of us. But we do know that all we have in life is only for a time. Only for a time. Because we come to verse 20 and And we have the impact of Jesus' near final words to this man. But God said to him. It's something that all of a sudden, toward the end of the parable, after the talking of this man, that Jesus says, God then said to him. God gets into the story too. This isn't just a parable about people in life. This is a parable about God. Verse 20 says, but God said to him, you fool, you've missed it, your focus. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourselves? Once again, we're reminded that our lives are on loan. From God. We have so long to get it right. We have so many opportunities to hear. And to say God what is right. And what is best for me. Would you go on to that next slide please. So Jesus warns us. Only for a time. And we'll take our last breath. And we'll be in to eternity. Everything God loaned us, then we'll give an account. At least that's the parable of the debtors that we had about three weeks ago. Remember, those were in that category, Jesus talking about our possessions. That when the master comes back, he's going to say, Okay, what did you do with the five talents I gave you? To the two, what did you do with the two talents I gave you? And to the one, what did you do with the one talent I gave you? Man, these all come together. The parables of Jesus just weave together in in beauty. And this is one of the topics that do that for me. They all kind of come together and Jesus is saying, get it right in your heart about your possessions. Understand that everything you have belongs to God. I would like to think that I would have the feeling and so God help me to do it, not just talk about it as a preacher, but you too, that God, you men out there, that you put that back in your pocket in a a couple of minutes, you're going to be thinking, God, this does belong to you. Help me to be wise. Help me to be considerate. Help me to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And help me to love my neighbor as myself. So Jesus warns us. First of all, be careful. Just be careful. Be thoughtful and be faithful. Be careful, be thoughtful, be Faithful. He who has ears to hear. Let him hear the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Two or three scriptures and I'll be finished. Just want to read a few of these many passages of Jesus. Matthew chapter 6 verse uh, 24. No man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other. And the last part of that thought says you cannot serve God and money. It's one or the other. Either everything you have belongs to God or it belongs to you and it's your choice. Seek the principles that He shows us and tells us. No man can serve two masters. Mark chapter 10 verse 25. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle and for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Wow. The first question I have is, am I rich? I'm so rich. God's given me so much. Really, I know that. I'm a debtor to this passage. Most Americans are. Not all Americans. Most Mifflinburgers are although you might not put yourself in this category or that category, you know. I know I've been to some other places on earth, and whew, compared to them, I can tell you I'm a debtor. But honestly, I think most of us would look at our lives when we, we, we know what's going on in other places, and we'd say, man, God's given me so much. I have a lot to be thankful for. You know, I can get focused on the negative and on lesser things in life, or I can see my possessions like God does, that I'm rich. So I know this verse is for me. And then one last verse, and then I'll be finished. And we've only hit a few of Jesus' words, but I've just chosen a few here. Luke chapter 12, verse 34. This is a a deep, deep truth. Where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. I think of it like this. And my toys. Where my toys are, my heart will be there also. So God, help me to have balance in my life. And help me to seek the genuine Holy Spirit to show me what is right, what is best, what is right about, what I, what I can earn, what I can save, what I can give, what I can spend. God, help me. And all of us have to do that. I, obviously, I can't do that for you and you can't do that for me. But we all can come before the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Is my attitude right? Am I looking at my life and my, my gifts, my talents, my time, my treasure? Am I looking at those things from your perspective? If not, help me to do that. Help me to have eyes that see what you want me to, I pray. Jesus said, be careful. That's pretty good counsel for each one of us. Would you stand, please? Dear God, I'm so thankful for the parables of Jesus and all the teaching that we have been reading over the last few months from the parables and the stories that Jesus told that I just imagine when he looked into the eyes of those people that had questions that he could see the struggle that went on sometimes and he could see the struggle in our hearts and our lives and all kinds of different issues and places and this is one of them. God, help us to have the attitude and the spirit and the responsiveness and, Lord, the wisdom to know what's best and what is right, I pray. Thank you for your word and the challenge that you bring to us. Thank you for the opportunity to be together today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please, I don't want to find any purses or wallets sitting around today. Take them with you and have a great day. God bless. Bye-bye.